You know, we are living in, in times that are definitely, I would call them unchartered. I can assure you that for at least people that are our age, probably unchartered, never been here before. But you know what, in the midst of it all, you know one thing, what Stacy said is what's been on my heart. I believe that if nothing else in this season is going to be the church's finest hour because you know what? This is what we were born for. This is what we were together for. We were never together just to come together and, and enjoy a Sunday morning. We were called to do exactly what Chris said, to be equipped for the work of the ministry. And opportunities I do believe will come. I do believe will come. I believe we're going to have opportunities. We're going to be meeting as leadership this afternoon on some things and, and trying to get some things in place. You know why? Because we want to be ready for whatever opportunities because that's what we do. We are the hope center. We are a beacon of light. We are a city set on a hill. And you know what? Every other church is too. Every other church is too. We're called to do what we're called to do. And you know what? If you're part of that, if you're part of the body of Christ, then you have a part. I have been preaching on the fact that we are called to be a blessing now for several weeks. But you know what else I have been declaring over this body for the last several months, and I'm telling you it's a time when we've got to do this, is know the absolute truth of the Word of God. Can I tell you, if your life isn't built on the absolute truth of the Word of God, you don't have anything to stand on during this time. I hate to tell you that, but that's the truth. Outside of Jesus Christ, He is our foundation. He is our rock. The Word of God is going to be there. Not one dot, not one part of it will ever pass away. It will be there when everything else is shaken. And I'm telling you, knowing the Word, getting the Word down in us, holding on the Word, making the declarations, even as Pastor Debbie did today, and declaring who our God is to us. Can I tell you, these are all vital things during this time. Because you do have to do what Pastor Chris said. You've got to keep your mind focused on the things of God. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't know about you, but there's enough junk right now. And it doesn't mean it's, most of it isn't true. But it will consume you. It will consume your life. Should we listen to people that are giving us counsel and things that are, are professionals? I believe we should. We, have no, we don't know anything. All we know is what the Lord says. But I know one thing as believers, I believe we'll be okay. No matter what, we'll be okay. And that's what we have to believe. And I asked God when I, he really, I felt like I needed to share this morning, what is it that, I wanted, that he really wanted me to share? And, they, and, and Pastor Chris, I, you know, I, I told Miss Debbie, I said, y'all make it harder for me to preach every Sunday. Because y'all get up here and give about half of what I got, and then I'm like, okay, Lord. No, I'm messing with them. That ought to be a good thing. We call it confirmation. We call it confirmation. Confirmation is always a good thing. Amen. But it can make it a little difficult. But no, the Lord spoke to me. I felt like out of the story that many of you know, and I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you a little about it. Because where we're at now, it feels like to me as a country and as a world, is we just woke up one day and we seem surrounded by an enemy. And that happened to a guy named Elisha one day. It's found in 2 Kings 6. They woke up, him and his servant, which how many of y'all know we are the servant of God? And they woke up one day and the servant went out, the Bible said, and he looked up and all around was the enemy. He come back, in, come back into his master, who was Elisha, and this is what he said, and this is what you can title 
the message today. What should we do? What are we to do? Can I tell you, there's a whole lot of folks at this point in time that are wondering, what are we to do? You know, there's folks today, I can assure you, that when you came to church, you said, is that a good idea or not a good idea? Should I go, to, can, should I go out? Should I not go out? We hear all kinds of things. You know what? I get where they're coming from, and I understand that. And I'm telling you, you use your wisdom, common sense, and you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But there comes a time when, you know what? We're all going to ask that question. What are we to do? And that's what the servant said to Elisha. What are we to do? We're surrounded. All this stuff's going on. You see everything. What are we to do? Well, Elisha starts out and he says just a few things here that I'm going to cover today. And I've got some practical things and I've got some scriptural things. And I've got quite a bit of scripture. And if you want these scriptures, a lot of it has to do with exactly what's been spoken this morning in saying this. You may want them to minister to somebody else. You might say, Pastor Bruce, I'm fine with it. But you know what? My friend, they are freaking out. Because I'm going to tell you, you don't got to go to Walmart or Sam's much to understand there's some people freaking out. If you've been out, you know it. And I'm thankful. We as believers, we shouldn't be. We have an opportunity to show what a life in Christ is like more than ever before. That doesn't mean we're not concerned. That doesn't mean we might not be apprehensive. That doesn't mean we might not have thoughts. What it means is we're so grounded in Christ that you know what? We're going to walk into the things that God's called us to walk into and we're not going to let fear determine and dictate what we do. What did Elisha say? If you know that, if you, in that story, the first thing he said to the servant was fear not. Pastor Chris, like I said, he just wouldn't leave it alone. Fear not. I guess we need to get it driven home, Pastor Chris. Fear not. But you know what Isaiah 41.10 says? It says, fear not, for I am with you. God says that. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Can I tell you, you have to choose not to fear in times like this. Because I believe this, and this is where it's going to be so important that you defeat this enemy with the word. I believe this is a demonic spirit that's been released. Now, I understand the natural ramifications taken out, but I can tell you there's about as much damage being done by the spirit of fear as there is by the coronavirus. And that spirit is running rampant. And we as believers have to make sure that our house and our families and the people we're around know one thing. You know what? We don't live. We're not moved by fear. We have a faith in Jesus Christ. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. Yes, he gives us wisdom. Yes, you should wisdom. use wisdom. Yes, you should listen to the authorities and all the things. They're doing their best to guide us. But in the midst of it, can I tell you, fear, a decision made in fear will never be a decision of God unless it's the fear of the Lord. I have watched people's lives ruined over this. I have watched people's callings destroyed over this because they let fear begin to get inside of them and that seed get into them. And when that happened, they made every decision with total apprehension because the fear was controlling what they were doing. Can I tell you, we're not going to move by fear. We're going to move by faith because that's what people of God do. The just shall live by faith. 
You know what? I've been touching on all that, but that's what it says. And in fact, it says in, 10, in Hebrews 10, 38 or 39, it says, and we don't shrink back, meaning we don't go back from where that level of faith was. We don't back up when the times get hard. You know what we do? We buckle down and we move forward in faith. We don't do stupid stuff. We don't look at and say, you know what? The, you know, we're, it doesn't matter what happens. We do what we know to do according to the word of God. And that is our foundation. And that is meant to be your foundation. And that is why that you can stand when things shake around you and when other things might fall around you, you can hold on to the Word of God and you can say, you know what? I may not understand everything else, but I know what I got to do. And I got to plant my feet in Jesus. And I got to plant my feet in the Word. And I'm not moving other than that. That's what God does. That's what He wants us to do. That's what, that's what he started off telling. Elisha started off telling because he knows that fear controls our thoughts and our decisions if we let it. The Lord, the Lord's got us. When he says that in Isaiah, I'm with you. You know what? Think about it. If we look at this and walk day by day with the belief that the Lord is with us, the Lord's with us. There could come a time where they may force us, some of the bigger churches couldn't meet because the government asked them not to. I get that. You know why? Because they're trying to honor the authorities over them, and the Bible says to do that. That may come where we can't. We're just a little bit smaller. So you know what? We still have that option. But you know what I'm telling you? We will meet somehow. We will meet. We will do our work. We will be together. Maybe not all of us in the same room like we are now, but I'm telling you, friends, the church is the church, what Chris said. It, and we are the church and we are meant to go out day by day and live this thing out anyway. This is just an equipping time. That's all Sunday's meant to be, equipping. It's for the equipping of the saints that my job is. My job, and I, you know, whether I'm good at it or not, I don't know, but that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do that and to equip you. Now we minister to you, we pray for you, we do the things we do. But guess what? Monday through Saturday is when the ministry really takes place. And now we have that opportunity. We've always had it. But you know what? I believe now it's going to be in the face of so many people. I believe you're going to run into folks that it's going to be so easy when you're standing there and you're walking through and you're not panicking and you're not freaking out and, you're, and they're going to want to know, what's, man, what's different about you? Why ain't you all scared about this stuff? That's when you just have to be ready to tell them of the hope that you have. Because I'm not here to hype you up. I am here to stir you up a little bit. I am here to make sure you're thinking straight. I am here to deposit something in you today and leave something in you today so when you walk out this door today and the enemy does come against you because he will try and he will try to stir you up and he'll try to get you afraid about your job and am I going to have enough money and all the things that we know are going on now because, you know, they cutting back and they cutting back this and they cutting back that. And I'm telling you, that's why you hear me say, you got to have your trust in the Lord. That's why I don't talk about giving a lot but what do I tell you? You know what? You're a tither. You got something to stand on. My advice is you just get with God and you make sure you know you're right and that that part of your life is right and you have, and you have set yourself up to walk by faith. I've told you before, 
when I was sitting, laying on a table, not sure that I was going to live and die at 43. The time to know you're right with Jesus ain't when you get there. And that's where we're at right now. Now, if you're not, can I tell you it's a good time to be? And you will have a chance. But I'm telling you, the time to know it is before because that's when you can have peace in the midst of a storm. That's when you can have peace when it doesn't make sense. That's when you can have a peace that's going to surpass all understanding because your peace isn't about what you got done right now, understanding that you may not get it all right. But God has already done it. He's already made it right. And he loves you. And I love you. And it's normal to be apprehensive. But it's not normal to let fear torment you. Fear has torment. 1 John 3. Pastor Chris talked about it. Perfect love casts out fear. Jesus Christ is perfect love. It casts out fear. Don't let the fear torment you. Don't let the fear torment you. Fear and worry are close cousins. Have you ever noticed that? I'm not sure which feeds which, but they kind of feed each other. Fear either feeds worry or worry feeds fear. I don't know, and I think it's both back and forth. And I'm reading you these scriptures because some of them you're going to need to know. And if you want them, I will make them available to you. Because some of these, I'm telling you, you're going to need some word. You're going to need to know some word. And if nothing else, read it over yourself. Read it over your family. Make What did I tell you? This is a decade of declaration. The word can always be declared over you and your family. And you need to begin to do that. We're, we're setting ourselves up as, to where we, we will not only not worry and not fear, but that we provide that God and declare the protection that God has provided for us as believers. I believe that. In the Passion Translation, Psalm 91, I like how it says this. It says, you will never worry about attack of demonic forces at night, nor have a fear of a spirit of darkness come against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. When we live shadows, or when we live lives within the shadow of the God of Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail or disease infect us? Don't you think at this time that'd be a great scripture to get down inside of you? To begin, you know, all of Psalms 91, I'm telling you, you want scripture to declare of your family, you can read it all, don't really matter what version. I like this one because it makes it so simple. You can understand what he's saying. It doesn't say that nothing will ever come against us. In fact, Jesus made it clear that in this world we would have tribulation. We would have problems. He said that to his disciples. One of the last things he said to them before he went to the cross. He said, you know what? That's going to happen. So don't get caught off guard. You know what I believe? I believe this is simply training ground for the end times. I believe that right now God's preparing us. He is preparing that army. He is preparing that remnant. He is bringing together those believers who will stand up and say, you know what? I was brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. I could have been born at any time. I could have been living anywhere. But yet God brought me here and he brought me now and I'm alive now for such a time as this those aren't just catchy scriptures those get to be cornerstones in the life of a faith that declares that their God has got them and if he didn't want us here we wouldn't be here 
And I'm not talking about just here today physically. I'm talking about in the planet at this time. I'm talking about where you're working. I'm talking about where you're living. I'm talking about where he's got you, the people he got you around, the things you got to do. I'm talking about all that stuff. You know what? He puts those things in place. He raises up people. He pulls down people in the midst of it. You've got to have a faith that says, you know what? I believe that it's, I'm here, and I'm here for something. I believe it. Believe with all my heart. Matthew 6.34 tells us, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know what worry does? Worry looks at the, the situation and expects the worst. Think about it. What does worry do? We wouldn't worry if we expected the best, would we? We worry because we expect the worst. Worry lives in the what-ifs as well as so does so does the enemy as he takes and tries to get us to live in fear. But worry is a thief. It robs us of peace. It robs us of joy. It robs us of happiness. And at this time, those are going to be so important because the world needs to see them from us. They're going to need to see them from us. God has called us for such a time as this. The second thing that, that Elisha said he said, you know what? There's more with us than there's against us. How many of you know, you've got to believe the Lord is with you. You remember a few weeks ago when I had the Lord pressed upon me to say that God loves you and to drive that down and to drive that down and to try to get you to continually believe God loves you. You know why? Because if you believe God loves you, then you might believe he's with you. But if you think your life is not worthy of God's love or it's not worthy to be lived up, it's not, you've not lived up to the Christian standard. Anybody know about the Christian standard? I'm really not sure what it is. I don't think I live up to it either. Most of the time it's based in some religious thought. Now I agree, we have a standard. You know what they call it? The Bible. And we're, our goal is to live up to that. But all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we all fall. Gee, the Bible says there was no one perfect but Jesus. So don't let the enemy bring condemnation and lie to you at such a time as this. Maybe you're struggling with fear. Don't let him lie to you and say, see, you can't live up to it anyway. Go ahead and just live like the rest of the world. You know what? I guarantee you there's folks right now that's going to struggle with drinking. You know why? Or stuff because that's how they got their peace the last time. And you know what? You're going to have to be on your guard, friend. You're going to have to declare that the enemy's not going to take me back and he's not going to cause me to revert to what I've reverted to before when I saw he was coming in because I live for Jesus you got to decide it I'm telling you the enemy works he has no new tricks he uses the same thing over and over and over again and fear is always a big part of it. it's always God is with us Pastor Debbie covered it when she said all the things she was, he's a provider, he's a protector, he's a healer, he's a deliverer, he's, a, he's one that will provide for us. When you understand who your God is, wants to be and who he declares he is, and you begin to tap into that, can I tell you, you can have peace no matter how it looks or what it seems like. Deuteronomy 31.8 says this, And the Lord, He is one. He goes before you. This is what He said to Joshua as He was even preparing Joshua to take over Moses new, as Moses was going to be not taking the children in the promised land. He said, He will be with you, meaning God. 
He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. When the world's panicking, we're supposed to have hope. We are people of hope. Our God is a God of hope. He says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So whatever we might face, whatever we might have to deal with, guess what? In the midst of this, God is right there with us. You know what? We treat God like one day that this something happens and he woke up and says, man, what happened? I, I didn't see that coming. The God that knows the end from the beginning already has everything under control. I don't understand it all, nor do I claim to. But I can tell you one thing. It didn't sneak up on God. And he's not in heaven wringing his hands saying, what am I going to do about this now? You know what he's saying? I've got children down on the earth. I've got my ambassadors down there. They're going to be ministering to folks. I believe he's going to use it to lead people to Jesus Christ who never was open before. Because yes, the world does know there is a problem. Uh, up until now, they had it under control. They didn't need Jesus. We've all been there. We've all been where we had it under control that we didn't have it under control. And then when we didn't have it under control, we figured out we might need some help. You know what? They're going to need some help. And they're going to need some believers who's got some hope. Some believers who, we're not going to go out and preach them all into heaven. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go out and love them. We're going to go out and be there for them. We're going to go out and we're going to say, you know what, it's going to be okay. Now what we're going to do is when we open their heart, then we're going to share Jesus. Because that is the cornerstone. When someone wants to know why you have peace, it's only because of Jesus, man. There was a time I would have been just like it. I would have been freaked out. Or whatever you need to say. Don't make it up. Tell them your story. Be honest with them. Tell them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them what he's brought you through. Can I tell you, people look at your life. They look at my life. They think it's always great. We've never had any problems. How could we know anything about anything? And then when you get down and you get into real dirty stuff and the nitty gritty and you be honest with them and they begin to hear what's coming out of your heart, what has happened to you and what you've been through. And if it hadn't been for Jesus, I wouldn't have been here today. That's what we got to get down to. Friend, we got to bore down. We got to say, you know what? I got something. And I believe you're here today. I believe you do. And maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Can I tell you today will be the day? There's time, the only way you're going to have the peace. You young people, the only way. I advise all of you to stay off of Facebook and stuff as much as possible. I got some practical things at the end of this, but i got to get some of this in first. None of our plans and none of the things surprise God. Jeremiah 29, 11, what does he say? I know the plans I have for you. What are those plans? Let me read it to you real quick and amplify. I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says Lord, plans for peace and well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Young people, a future and a hope. I really believe from what I've heard about this, it, depending on how it goes, that you could be some of the main ministers needed because obviously it doesn't affect you like it other does uh, maybe some of us that are older. 
You know, they say that the young people don't have much problem with it at all. Some of you may have been brought up at this time to get a chance to shine for God. Maybe, you, maybe you've been wondering when God was going to use you. Can I tell you, if you'll let Jesus Christ work in your life, he can use you at this point, maybe even like he's ever been able to before. You may have felt like you never fit into anything. Can I tell you, that's the very kind Jesus reaches into and pulls out and says, I'm going to use. Maybe he's just been hiding you. Maybe he's kept you back. Maybe, maybe he's kept you away from everybody else. You say, Pastor Bruce, I didn't have many friends. You know what? He might have protected you. I don't know what he's doing, but I know one thing. I know God in the midst of it will do whatever he wants to do, and he will do whatever we let him do through us if we will be obedient when he speaks to us by the Holy Spirit and we will allow him to use us. So I encourage you. I encourage you. You might experience God during this time like never before if you're open to Him. He wants to use everybody who will be. But I think you young people, there's a real good chance this could be a great opportunity for you. Because we have been called to be a blessing. We've been called to be a blessing. What have I been preaching? We've been called to be a blessing. We've been called to be a blessing. That's what it said. I, I give you the scripture last week or the week before. We're called to be a blessing, whatever that looks like. Can I tell you, throughout these next few weeks, I don't know what it might look like. We're, we're going to meet. We're going to hash some plans. But it, it might look like you providing food for your neighbor. You know what? We have a ministry where we get it. It might look like us providing food for our neighbor. It might look like you checking on some people that you never checked on before. It might look like you just reaching out to some folks that you know struggling. I don't know. Kids may be out of school. Maybe you need to watch some kids in your house because you ain't working either. I don't know what needs to happen. And I'm not trying to get every contingency for everything together, but what I'm trying to do is get our heart in one accord all working together saying, you know what? Yes, Lord, we are ready. We are available. We want to do it and serve you and we want to be your hands and feet and we want to show Jesus at a time the world needs it. One thing I will encourage you to do or to stop doing. And I know some of you ain't going to like it, but I'm going to encourage it anyway. That's one of the you know, prerogatives I get as being the senior pastor. I can say it. And you just do with it between you and the Lord. There's a lot of funny stuff on Facebook. Quit sharing it. You know why? Because we have a witness at this time that we need to help people understand, yes, we're not in fear, but we understand it's serious in the lives of some people. Folks have died. Folks, stuff has happened. Stuff continues to happen. None of us know what it looks like. I know it's funny. I get it. I laugh at it too, okay? I'm not saying I don't, but I'm going to tell you, don't share it because what it does, it just cuts your witness down. There's a lot of it out there. And yes, I know, I get it. A lot of it, people have brought on themselves. But you know what? If you're going to show, tell somebody about Jesus, they want to know you're serious about it. The, you know what? We all enjoy a good laugh. I told you that last week. I enjoy it as much as anything. But when you get to this kind of stuff, can I tell you, they got to know you the real deal. They got to know you really are who you say you are. They got to know the Jesus you're living for is the real Jesus. It ain't the one that, you know what, that they think they see sometimes that they don't believe in. It's the one they say, you know what? I believe that God is in that person. They're different. Something's different about them. Something's different. So you get between you and God if you don't and ask him what he wants you to do.
Bible tells us that, you know what? Jesus is the answer. He gave us the promise of supernatural peace. What did he tell him in John 14, 27? He said, I don't leave you peace like the world leaves you peace. He said, I got peace for you that's different. Can I tell you, we got peace for the world that's different because it's supernatural. It's not based on circumstances and situations. It's based on real. But he tells them to not let their heart be troubled in that scripture. Can I tell you, you got to guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our heart with all diligence because out of it flow the issues of life. If there was ever a time to guard your heart, this is now. You've got to guard your heart, your heart, your mind, will, and emotions. You know what? You've got to guard what you let in. Some of you spending too much time on the internet, too much time reading all this junk, too much time on it. You know what? We need to listen to the government officials and those in authority. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of you need to shut off the rest of it. And I'll talk to you about a few practical things here in a minute. But I'm telling you, guard your heart. Don't take everything to heart. You hear too much junk. There's too many rumors. There's too much garbage. Cast it off. Don't take it in. Don't listen to it. You you know what? If it's true, the truth will prevail. But you know what? We are people that want to live and walk by the truth. Don't be one to pass it along. God's promises, they strengthen us. And our light is meant to shine. And now we have that chance. And what are we going to do? Elisha, when it comes to the point, he's, what were they to do? Well, then Elisha prayed. Elisha prayed. Can I tell you in this time, prayer has always got to be the first thing we do. What did he pray? He prayed, Lord, open the eyes of my servant so he can see what you're really doing. Can I tell you, that's part of our prayer. Lord, don't let everybody be blinded by the chaos and the junk going on around. And don't let us get so caught up in it that we can't see God. And we can't see God opportunities. Open our eyes. I believe there'll be some of the greatest testimonies to God's faithfulness through this. I really do. I don't know what that'll look like, but I can tell you that in the midst of these times is when God does his greatest work. He's a God of restoration. He's a God that redeems. He's a God that restores. We talked about rebuilding this year. In the midst of it, that's what God does. And in that, the Bible tells in Philippians 4, 6, what we're to be anxious for nothing. We're not to worry about anything, but what are we supposed to do? Pray about everything. Pray about everything. You find yourself wanting to worry? Pray. You find yourself struggling with fear? Pray. Pray. Turn your worry into prayer, thanking God for what He's doing and what He's already done for you through Christ Jesus. Thanking Him that my family is protected, that my family, that the blood of Jesus covers us and makes us whole and washes away everything that the enemy tries to attack us with. Thanking Him. Pray. A couple things with that to deal with what are we to do. Is one is as a group, the president's asked the, the nation to pray. We prayed before as a body, as, as a few before service, we pray every morning, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But I'm asking everyone that is here today, and if you're not part of another church, they might have something other time to pray. But I'm asking you tonight to take time between 7 and 9 o'clock tonight. We're going to pray as a body. We're going to, not going to meet together and do that. We're going to do that at our homes. And I've got a few things I want to cover because I think this is, I'm going to give you some practical things over this next little bit of what are we to do.
So we're going to pray. In that prayer, and if you want this, I can probably get in. I, I guess I get this sent out as an email to people. Can I get, if I wanted something sent out, is that easy to do or is that hard? You can do it right after, okay. Huh, okay. So I'm going to give the, I'll just read these off real quick for time. But if you want them, I'm going to give them to her and she can just send them out as an email. If you haven't gotten an email or a text from us in the last 24 hours or so, can I tell you, you need to stop at the Welcome Center today and you need to give us the information because we don't have it. So we've tried to text and email everybody. We do Facebook stuff too, but this will be an email. I'm just going to put it out that this is what we're going to pray for, 10 things tonight that I'm going to ask. And you can pray for others. You don't have to take two hours. Take whatever time you want. It's more of us all praying in agreement the same thing with the same heart in faith, right? We're praying in faith because that's what people do that are believers. We pray in faith. We don't beg God to do it. We just believe Him for it. So here they are. We're going to take authority over this virus in Jesus' name. That's number one. We're going to pray over our families and thank God for His protection by the blood of Jesus. We're going to pray for our world, our nation, our state, and our community that it would be free from the virus. We're going to pray for healing over all those who have been affected by the disease and comfort for the families who have lost loved ones. We're going to pray for everyone who is working to fight it daily, the president, all the government and healthcare leaders to have wisdom and the strategy to fight the virus. We're going to pray for all healthcare workers and their families, people who are working in sanitation areas trying to keep stuff clean, and people who are working in our school, in uh, stores just to keep his supplies met. We're going to pray for those whose lives have been disrupted by the closures and all the changes that have, display, that have taken place. We're going to pray for those who are worried about their jobs or may be affected, that their jobs may be affected or that they will be hurt financially. We're going to pray for those who don't know Jesus to turn to Him and accept Him as their Lord and Savior. And we're going to pray God's peace to permeate our world at this time. That's what we're going to pray. You can pray whatever else you want to pray. You can pray two hours if you want to pray. If you want to pray 15 minutes, I'm just asking everybody to pray. The president asked it. I believe that the believers are to get together. We are to pray you know what? It doesn't really matter whether you like our leaders or you don't like our leaders. Can I tell you, that alone will set you up for a problem in this. Because when you don't submit to authority, can I tell you, set yourself up for the devil. I'm just being honest with you. You don't have to like anybody, but you have to respect the Word of God. And we're all supposed to respect our leaders and authority. And that's a problem in the body. I won't get into it, but I'm telling you, some of you have affected your own homes because you've let a rebellious spirit in when you don't submit to authority. I'll get off that today because we're on something else. But I'm just giving you that as your pastor. You just feel free to love me or get mad or whatever. But I can show you in the scripture where it is. And you know what? As long as the word is the foundation, I don't have nothing else to go on. All right, what else are we to do? We're to use wisdom and common sense. The government tells us wash hands, right? Those things are all cool. Do what you know to do. You know what? The Bible always tells us that. Do those things we know to do. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes, it's not normal. We're struggling with whether we should shake hands and what we should do. You know why? I get it. Because we've never been here before. But do those things. Use common sense. You're supposed to, you know, be conscious of your surroundings. If you're sick, stay home. Those are just common sense things that they've given us. You know what? You know those things. Your body will tell you to do that. You know, part of it too is there's nothing wrong with being prepared and having extra food. But here's the keel. Kicker, don't hoard. Don't panic. What are you to do? Don't do that. 
If you're going to trust God, you know what? You want an extra thing of water and you want us a few extra food for next week, I'm cool with it. Do it. Do what you want. But I'm telling you, th- there's somebody, the lady was telling me at the pharmacy yesterday, some guy bought 270 rolls of toilet paper. Now, I don't know. He must have had a big family. Or he's going to sell it. I don't know what he's going to do. But you know what? Nobody needs that. And believers, guess what? Our job is to trust God. You can't hoard and trust God. Two different things. Can't do it. Think about it. You can't hoard stuff and trust God. He's our provider. Within that, I would say this. We are here for you. As pastors, we're praying for you. We're praying for your families. We're praying for your workplaces. We're praying for God's continued hand upon you, his healing, whatever you need. We're praying for that right now. As far as food goes, we are a ministry that has been blessed in that area. So you know what? If you or someone you know needs food, contact the church office or send a note through Facebook, through the Hope Center page, a message. You know what? We'll get it and we'll get back to you because we want to take care of those needs. And food is something we can do. We can do that. So you don't have to worry about it. I'm just taking that. If you've been worried about that in your house here, you see us after, you don't have to worry about it. We'll make sure you're taken care of. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have everything you want. You can't put in a grocery list like Kroger. I don't eat that, Pastor Bruce. Well, you might like it this week. Guys, I'm going to tell you. You might learn to like it. I'm just being honest. I love you, but I am your pastor. So I'm just being honest. So don't give me no hard time about that. Because if you give somebody else a hard time, I'm going to tell them, tell me, and then me and you are going to have a little talk. So just know that, okay? Because I don't mind having them. I don't like it, but I need you to understand that's not how things work. God loves you, and we're going to take care of you. But we ain't here to be a restaurant, and we ain't here to be a grocery store. We're here to be a blessing, and we will do that, and we will do it in love. All right? The Hope Center number, if you don't know it, 731-664-4673. So if you don't get it, you can leave a message or you can get on Facebook, either one. Also, what I told you, we want to be able to get information to you if we need to. So make sure you stop by the Welcome Center. If you have an email, leave it. If you have a cell phone number that's changed, get it to them today so they have it because they need it. Because we can't always get information. We don't know how things are going to change. We may just need to tell you something. We may just need to tell you we're praying for you. And you need to let us have information too. It needs to be a two-way street during this time. That's what we're to do. We also are supposed to follow the directions given by the state, local, and national leaders. Yes, we are, because we're supposed to obey their guidance. Something I believe the Lord laid on my heart was this. I think each one in here, we need to make a list of elderly people we know because we know that they said they're more vulnerable. You know what? People that might be by themselves or have no one else would be a great place to start. But I'm telling you, people that we know that maybe nobody else knows, I encourage everybody in here, you start with praying for them. And you know what? You may need to check on them. You may need to check on them. If there's someone, you knock on the door. If not, you may pick up a phone. Everybody got a phone. And you know what? Everybody can pray. So you know what? They, this is a great time. You can minister and not be around anybody you're concerned about with and still be a blessing to them. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. It may come a time where we have to, you know, deliver medicine or we have to deliver food or something. We want to be ready. We're going to be ready. 
I don't know what will take place, but I can tell you if you're ready and you want to let us know that, we're going to, you know, we're meeting day and we'll have more information. We'll probably have more meetings this week as we move along for those that might have interest in what we come up with. But I'm telling you this, we're called to be the church. And we're called at this time for such a time as this. And you can have a part. And you can have as big a part or as little part. But I'll have it. Let me go on. Also, those with chronic health diseases, that's what I was going to tell you. Anybody that you think might be vulnerable. I would say this, you know what, as we move along, if school lets out, we'll add children to that list because we'll try to do some feeding. We don't know what's going to happen. We're just throwing ideas out now. And I'm throwing them out to you to begin to stir into you. Maybe you can be a part some way. Okay, and as far as you yourself, what should you do? You've got to stay built up in the Spirit. The Bible says we got to stay built up in the Spirit. We, we need to stay daily built up in the Spirit. Stay in the Word and in faith by meditating on the Word daily. I told you, I can get these scriptures. There's a lot more. If you don't want them, that's fine too. It's up to you. But if you getting in the Word, that's what he told Joshua in Joshua 1. He said, meditate on it day and night and don't turn from it. Friend, I'm telling you, this is a time where that is more than a religious practice. That is going to be your lifeline and your breath and everything you need because that is what God is going to use to speak to you and to strengthen you. We need to pray and spend time in God's presence daily. We said that it's those that are in dwell with Him who are safe. We need to pray, spend time in His presence. He is our hope. Parents, pray with your children. Confess over them peace. There's enough stuff going on out there. Can I tell you, they may not tell you, but they need parents that are at peace. They need people around them and adults that are at peace. They need to see us walking in that. And it's there for us in Jesus. We also should pray and be open to be praying with others who might be scared or struggling. That goes back to the phone. Goes back to people at work. Goes back to people you see at Walmart. If someone's there, the Holy Spirit nudges you, hey man, can, can I pray for you? Or I see your, looks like you got something bothering you. They're going to say, well, what do you think's bothering me, man? Don't be freaked out by that. Say, you know what, I just want you to know that somebody, you know, I care enough. Can I pray for you? I'm going to tell you, I don't know as I've ever had anybody that I've asked, can I pray for you now that turned me down? You know what they're used to? I'll be praying for you. They're not used to many people. Can I pray for you, brother? Well, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you got peace over this man, that you're taking care of his family, you're meeting every need. Lord, I don't know him, but you do. And in the midst of it, I know you love him, and I know you'll be there for him. And I don't know what's going on in his family right now, but I know he's concerned about something. So meet every need they have in Jesus' name. Amen. Friend, you want to be a life changer? People that don't even believe in nothing. You might run into one once in a while, but you know what? That'll just strengthen you for the next one. I had a guy, <laughs> I won't get into that. That's a whole other story. I better leave that alone. My wife's trying to get me to stay on time. I'm running long. Okay. <laughs> know your pastors and your leaders are praying for you. Stay in peace. Get in peace and stay in peace. And with that, I mean this. 
Here's what I'm going to tell you. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're saying. I'm afraid we're not going to make it. I'm afraid they're going to cut my, my hours at work. I'm afraid that we ain't going to have enough money. I'm, watch what you're saying. Can I tell you, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to begin to see your faith build up. You begin to quote some scriptures. You know what? It doesn't matter what's going on. You know what? The Lord's going to take care of us. And you begin quoting some scriptures out loud to yourself so you can hear them yourself. Some of these I had today, some of them, there's a whole lot more. Get some. That means something to you and your family. And begin speaking them over them and speaking them out of them. I remember when Brad used to sing to his. I loved that, man. I think you ought to start that again, brother. Praise and worship. You know what? It's a great time to be praying it. Great time to be praying. Playing praise and worship. I got my praying and my playing together. Playing praise and worship. You can pray it too. A lot of it's biblical. Play it. Saturate your house with God's presence. All this other junk, it's going to continue. But that don't mean you got to continue in it. Get some peace and stay in it. And be a blessing. Be a blessing. I've talked about that already. Most important thing as I close is this. Most important thing is going to be knowing that you are born again and that you know you're right with Jesus. Jesus.